Hi there, welcome back to my YouTube channel. This is Daniel Rosal. And I wanted to record a video to accompany a blog post I wrote a few days ago um, about what it's like to live in Jerusalem. So I've been living in Jerusalem for the past seven years. And Jerusalem is definitely one of the most interesting cities to live in in the world. It's also one of the most ancient cities. Um, Jerusalem is in Israel. And even saying that arouses controversy because the Palestinians will argue uh, that Jerusalem is Palestine, it's the capital of Palestine. So it's very hard to say anything about Jerusalem without touching on somebody's feelings. Um, I'm, to put my uh, tables on the card, a Zionist, uh, broadly supportive of Israel. But I think that even, even just looking at it from a simple uh, factual standpoint, de facto sovereignty over Jerusalem is exercised by Israel. So for all intents and purposes, Jerusalem is in Israel. Um, East Jerusalem basically doesn't recognize that fact. And that's one of the, the most interesting dynamics of living in Jerusalem that I tried to talk about in this blog is that it's a really, really divided city. So Jerusalem is on paper united. And I really take issue with this idea that Jerusalem is united because um, living here, I would just say like that is not really the case. Like Jerusalem used to have physically a border running through it. And then on the Eastern side of the border, it was in, under Jordanian control. There was a gate called Mandelbaum's Gate and which is open to basically UN personnel and clergy, kind of like the Hoshanikara crossing is today. Um, but, uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, the border is not there anymore. The green line is kind of the, which is, which is, uh, was only ever uh, intended as an armistice line and doesn't have any actual demarcation on the ground. So in Jerusalem, there is, um, there are places where the green line bifurcates and you have a no man's land or what was officially intended to be a no man's land that is actually populated by basically Jerusalem today. So the green line doesn't really exist um, on, in Jerusalem as a physical obstacle. The Jerusalem barrier goes past the separation wall, the separation wall that Israel built to keep basically uh, terrorists from the West Bank from bombing its civilians in Jerusalem. And Jerusalem was historically uh, affected disproportionately relative to other Israeli cities because of the fact that Palestinian terrorists kept coming in and uh, suicide bombings in Jerusalem. So the separation barrier, the, the, the boundary of the Jerusalem municipality actually sometimes goes beyond the separation barrier in Jerusalem. There is a Palestinian neighborhood called Kafr Aqab. Kafr Aqab runs into Ram Allah. There's Ras Hamis. Um, there's a couple of other areas where the municipality boundary actually goes past the barrier. And the people in that area are in a really weird situation because the Palestinian Authority is legally banned from operating in Jerusalem. And, Jer and Israel really clamps down on this. So uh, the Kafr Aqab, for instance, has become kind of a um, uh, cesspot of, of lawlessness um, because the Palestinian Authority can't come in there to bring in its police forces generally. And to a large extent, this goes for East Jerusalem too. The Palestinian Authority can't exercise control there by law. But when Jerusalem sends in its municipality cleaning services, it's attacked because the Palestinians reject Israeli sovereignty. And uh, even something as simple as a Israeli ambulance or an Israeli uh, street cleaning crew is considered part of the occupation and is met with violent resistance. So they're kind of, East Jerusalem is kind of 
um, not the Palestinian Authority, it's de facto Israel, but like when you go into East Jerusalem, it's like going into a different country that in terms of the poverty, the lack of development, the lack of, the lack of amenities, and basically the simple fact that the residents regard themselves as occupied Palestinians. And you'll see Palestinian flags flying on the roofs of houses. So um, when people talk about Jerusalem being united as somebody who's lived in Jerusalem for seven years, I'm recording this video, by the way, in Jerusalem, I kind of say, what are you talking about? Because there is an invisible border that divides the west and east of the city. And in terms of meaningful interaction between west and east Jerusalemites, there's like pockets of interaction. A lot of East Jerusalemites work in West Jerusalem and sort of know, um, they know Jews, they work alongside Jews, but that doesn't mean there are, there are actual instances of like real friendship. In my experience, meaningful displays of coexistence, peaceful existence in Jerusalem doesn't really happen. East Jerusalem has its own bus network, bus, ne bus network. East Jerusalem has its own hospital network. There are two populations living side by side, one Arab population that sees itself as occupied. And you'll hear if you follow the uh, Arab uh, Palestinian Facebook pages or YouTube channels, you'll see the Jerusalem municipality referred to as Bilad uh, al-Ihtilal, like the occupation um, municipality. That's how much they don't want anything to do with Israel. So to pretend that that's all one city to me is disingenuous and just a way of for right-wing Israelis to try to make a political point. I think the city is desperately separated. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have made the point that have, have questioned what is the point of Israel retaining control over the Palestinian villages of East Jerusalem. That's really what they are. It's a series of villages. If they don't want to be part of Israel, what's the point of keeping them? So there's a debate. What I would say is Jerusalem is actually, in my opinion, the easiest way to think about Jerusalem is it's, a, it's an amalgamation of cities. You have East Jerusalem that really doesn't want to be part of the Jewish-Israeli entity controlling Jerusalem. You have West Jerusalem, that is Jewish Jerusalem. But even within West Jerusalem, you have Haredi, which is ultra-Orthodox Jerusalem. So you have neighborhoods like Mea She'arim, you have Geulah. And even um, within these ultra-Orthodox neighborhoods, you actually have factions that reject Zionism. Jews living in Israel that are opposed to the state, state of Israel, they view the um, actual state of Israel as a uh, abomination that the, the, the Jewish uh, sovereignty over Israel uh, should, should happen by divine sovereignty, by Mashiach, and that therefore, um, Jews taking matters into their own hand and building their own state is contrary to divine will. So I don't exactly know how they justify living in Israel while, while subscribing to this ideology, but you have groups like Natura Karta and elements of uh, Satmar Hasidim that live in Jerusalem and reject Israeli sovereignty. So you actually have, if you think about it, two groups in Jerusalem that reject Israeli sovereignty on the eastern side, the Palestinians, and in parts of ultra-Orthodox. So it's actually miraculous, I think, when you actually take all this in and think about how divided Jerusalem is that the city manages to uh, exist and function as a city. And it does function as a city somehow, uh, despite this kind of um, hostility that exists between West Jerusalem and East Jerusalem and the fact that the city is not, not 
not divided by a border, but by rather an invisible border, a cultural border, a nationalistic border. Um, so besides that, what is living in Jerusalem like? So uh, Jerusalem is a uh, poor city. Um, and that's really heavily influenced by the, the fact that the Palestinian po uh, population, a lot of them are living in poverty and a lot of the Haredi's ultra-Orthodox Jews in Jerusalem are also in living in poverty because a lot of them don't participate in the workforce. So within Jewish Jerusalem, I just got from Reddit, somebody sent me on a, a, um, a report from the Jerusalem Institute showing that basically between in Jewish Jerusalem, it's like almost third, third, third between Haredi, ultra-Orthodox Jews, regular Orthodox Jews, and secular Jews. So you have Jews like me that would kind of keep the Shabbat and we're somewhat religiously observant, but we're not, you know, spending all our days in a, in a religious learning institution, learning the Torah, uh, you know, physical manifestations being dreadlocks and clothes, the, the, the kind of postcard image of ultra-Orthodox Jews. So it's one third, one third, one third. Um, so Jerusalem is, uh, a lot of Israelis sort of look down their noses at Jerusalem as kind of a backward religious place. And there's this kind of almost antagonistic attitude towards Jerusalem. And I think it's really undeserved because Jerusalem is such a special city. Um, I think what, what I personally love about living in Jerusalem is I feel like there's kind of one of everything in Jerusalem, um, by which I mean, for a city of 1 million people, it doesn't feel that metropolitan. And I think that once you understand the city as being actually not really one city, but more like these kind of three cities physically connected, but living apart, I think that makes a lot more sense because each part only comes up to a few hundred thousand. And that's more like what Jerusalem feels like. It feels like a city of a few hundred thousand people rather than a one million uh, resident, uh, you know, capital city, which is, which is basically what it is. It's the capital of Israel. Um, in terms of Jerusalem, um, there's one of everything. There's like a DJ store here. Um, there are a few bars here. There's like enough bars you can like keep uh, entertained if you like drinking. Hataglit is my favorite bar. It's me. It's called the record in English. I really love this bar. They have a happy hour. Um, it is recommended. Um, but yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not bustling, but you know, so, so the, the population is, is from the, um, from the Jewish side, 60, 60, 66% religious. So it's kind of a more conservative city in terms of politically Tel Aviv would be left wing. So they, Tel Aviv historically, uh, Tel Avivians refer to Tel Aviv as Medinat Tel Aviv, which literally means the state of Tel Aviv as if it's its own country. Um, and when you look at the breakdown of votes in the elections, you'll see the Tel Aviv as a political bloc votes left wing and the rest, you know, the whole country usually ends up voting kind of right wing. And uh, Jerusalem particularly would be um, a, a right wing city. The ultra religious would typically vote for the ultra religious parties, UTJ, Shas, Palestinians. Um, Palestinian residents of Jerusalem are green card holders by and large. So they're not citizens. They're permanent residents, and that's that's the type of national ID card they have. It's got a green holder. Um, so the main negative about Jerusalem, really, uh, so for for you know for people that aren't religious, the religious kind of coercion almost can sort of feel a bit extreme in terms of the Jewish Shabbat. The city really really closes. It's um, it's not that there aren't places open on Shabbat in West Jerusalem, and as I said, 
I think it's effectively best to consider West Jerusalem and East Jerusalem as two different cities that don't really, they may be connected and there's people in East, East working in the West, but I don't think it makes any sense to actually think about them as the same city because they don't really have anything in common. Um, and, and their ideologies are like 100% opposed. Um, so in Jerusalem, you'd have a couple of, um, in West Jerusalem, you'd have a few non-kosher restaurants open on Shabbat because the Jerusalem rabbinate will not issue a Teodat Kashrut, a kosher certificate, if the establishment opens on Shabbat, even if the food is kosher. Um, so you have a few non-kosher uh, places in Jerusalem um, that are, are open. And there's one pharmacy that keeps open every Shabbat. So if you have an emergency, you need to go to a pharmacy, you can. But kind of everything else closes. And in the winter, uh, you have what's called Sha'on Choref, which means winter time. And um, the stuff closes as early as like two o'clock in the afternoon. Like Jerusalem, phew, shutters come down, it's finished, it's Shabbat. So for those who don't know, Shabbat starts on sundown on Friday, continues until the stars come out on Saturday. So it's 24 hours. So for people who are not religious, I think that's why a lot of Israelis really hate Jerusalem because, unfortunately, um, because they, they hate the religious coercion despite living here. Um, they hate the, the images in the news of the periodic flare-ups in Jerusalem between Jews and Arabs. Um, I would say that in seven years of living in the city, and remember what I said about East and West Jerusalem, I've seen remarkably little actual violence and the security. There have been incidents during the kind of uh, soul wolf, into the, the fake intifada, the soul wolf intifada. There were a lot of stabbings going on in Jerusalem. I've never been, thank God, in one or close to one or physically seen one like with my own eyes. Um, and I've kind of had a fairly decent life in Jerusalem. Like my, my complaints about Jerusalem are, um, are, are just kind of not related to that at all. Um, I think in Jerusalem, there is, a def there is something of a feeling of tension in the air. And I, I think that the reason for that is really because this, um, this kind of always simmering hostility going on between the West and East of the city and, and the Arabs and the Jews, that it's kind of ground zero for that. Uh, but there are spectacular things in Jerusalem, like the old city is not only home to the, the holiest site in Judaism, Harabait, uh, but it's, a, you know, it's an amazing uh, cultural experience to go into it. Um, and there's other ancient sites uh, throughout Jerusalem. Um, but yeah, my, my, my complaints about Jerusalem, there's a lot of noise and that kind of tension that is kind of hard to describe, but um, there's a good article from uh, the bureau chief of CNN and he talks about you, how you can feel the tension in Jerusalem and um, it just even when people beep their horns before the traffic light goes green, kind of hard to describe, but there's definitely that feeling. Uh, there's a lot of construction noise. There, there's always building going on. I've been like next to a building project for like years at this point and it's sort of drives me crazy, but I've sort of figured out how to deal with it. Um, and, uh, but the, the biggest issue is the lack of jobs. So basically, Jerusalem, like the, like the rest of Israel, is really expensive, um, but Jerusalem just doesn't have a very vibrant employment scene. There, it is the seat of the Israeli government, so you have the Knesset here, you'd have the National Library here, you'd have the Supreme Court, so the, main, the, the, the major institutions of state are located in Jerusalem, but in terms of the private sector, 
um, compared to Tel Aviv, the Merkaz, um, Jerusalem's a lot weaker and there's a lot fewer jobs. So I'm, I, I've been working for the last three years as a self-employed freelance writer. So I'm not like affected by it, but equally I kind of am because all my Israeli clients are always in Tel Aviv, uh, maybe Herzliya, maybe, and that's called in Hebrew, the Merkaz. So Jerusalem's, uh, if you ask me what Jerusalem needs, I would say a lot more housing, a lot more affordable housing for its young people because um, the cost of living in Jerusalem is high and the jobs aren't really there and the jobs that are here don't tend to pay that well. So a lot of people end up leaving Jerusalem, particularly young people, because that whole balance just doesn't really make sense. Um, that's the main negative. But yeah, Jerusalem is, it's got a unique climate. It, it kind of... Uh, cools down at nighttime to a more appreciable, appreciable extent than Tel Aviv does, uh, more livable in terms of the, the climatic factors. And there's a lot to like about the city. It's kind of, it reminds me a little bit of, of my hometown in Cork in Ireland, that's kind of always the underdog to Dublin. And Tel Aviv, Jerusalem is kind of like the underdog to Tel Aviv. It's like the capital that is really the capital because there kind of aren't really jobs here and everybody wants to get out but there's something oddly likable about it. And I think um, really the, the majesty of Jerusalem comes from the old city. And when you do manage to make a living here, whether that's as a writer or whatever you do, um, it's, it's those moments that you go to the Western Wall and the old city that you remember that you're living in one of the most amazing places in the world. And that sometimes really makes it all feel worth it. So that's basically what I feel from seven years living in Jerusalem. Um, interesting place, um, you know, the, the, the job stuff is a, is a pity, but I don't think there is, there's, I do feel actually optimistic about Jerusalem's future. Um, they're putting down the light rail, they're developing Talbio, they're developing Kinesat the entrance to the city. And I think that with developments and better infrastructure links to Tel Aviv and with jobs and with houses, there is hope that Jerusalem could be an amazing, amazing city to live in and that it can really take its place as the capital of Israel. Those are my thoughts about living in Jerusalem.